Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. This is Terry, and Brad Peterson is in studio with me, but let's go right to the phones. One of our regular and favorite contributors has a major announcement to make, Mr. Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing okay for an old guy. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you're hanging in. Oh, there you got a drum roll for your announcement. <laughs> we spare no expense on this show, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Terry, we're very excited. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people fish our ice addiction, ice fishing tournament series. Uh, there's no doubt it's kind of a different series, but, you know, we have anglers from literally 15 and 20, uh, you know, states that attend hundreds of zip codes come to the event. Uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, it's, it's one of their big passions of, of doing this in the winter. Um, you know, and a lot of people fish the, the three to five events that there is in the series and call it good. Uh, you know, but here at Tightline, it's one of those things that is a, literally a, a 365-day-a-year process uh, running the series, you know, from, from dialing in the permits to you know, hosting the event, you know, all the logistics that goes into it. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a major business ordeal. Uh, and we're really excited to kind of make the announcement of, uh, of, our, of our overall first place sponsor uh, and partnership of the season. And, uh, yeah, so we're, uh, we brought it live to your show to, to announce what this first place prize is at all the events at Ice Addiction this year. All right. So you're, you're cutting out a little bit, but we want to make sure we get this exactly right. Tell us who the sponsor is and what kind of payouts you're talking about. Absolutely. So, you know, we teamed up with, a, with an amazing organization. Uh, this organization is organization is called the barn at rock fence uh guys and this is a, a major organization that is really focused on getting veterans out in the outdoors uh you know obviously there's so many groups out there that do such amazing things uh you know to get all of our soldiers you know the brave men and women that have served this country outside fishing hunting enjoying wildlife in the outdoors uh and i'll tell you that the, the barn at rock fence is, is one of those exceptional groups that does amazing things for all of our veterans. Uh, and I'll tell you, this organization is actually going to fly veterans from all over the country to come out here with their families to fish ice addiction, experience the thrill of ice fishing uh, here in the Rocky Mountain region. So we're excited about that. So again, they're going to bring so many of these brave men and women out here to, that have served our country to fish and enjoy the experience. Uh, and with their partnership, they are also providing our first place prize. So at all four events, for the heaviest single fish, again, no tag fish, no limit to fish, no hoops to jump through. Literally the single heaviest fish caught during the ice edition tournament series at all four events will be going home with $10,000 cash. Uh, so, again, $10,000 cash per event. Uh, so, through the, the four, the four uh, event series, there'll be $40,000 cash for that first place prize uh, in total there. So, 10000 cash per event at Ice Addiction for the first place prize this year. I might come out of retirement from tournaments just so I can win the money and retire. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be there I'll just to you. see that. Yeah. <laughs> We're, uh, you know, we're excited. I mean, obviously, as a as a tournament, you know, host and, and a person operating the events, it's great to see. But to be totally honest with you, just as an angler, you know, there's so many large tournaments in the Midwest, and it seems like when you talk about professional fishing or or large tournaments, 
Um, nothing with these major payouts has really been, you know, in the West or Colorado, especially in the winter. So we're excited, you know, obviously as a business owner and just excited as an angler uh, to have a really big payout uh, in an ice fishing tournament here in Colorado and Utah. So, so we're very excited to, uh, to announce this, uh, announce this to the world for sure. Are all four event locations, have they been, uh, are they confirmed? Yep, everything is confirmed. Everything is locked in. Our first event uh, is going to be mid-January, and that's going to be at Boyd Lake State Park right there in Loveland. Uh, you know, both uh, both you and Brad are obviously very familiar with that body of water. Uh, so, yeah, we're excited to open up there. Then we're going to go to uh, Starvation Reservoir in Utah after that. Then we come back. We're actually going to be at Jackson Reservoir. That's a brand-new location for us out on the eastern plains of Colorado. And then our wrap-up is going to be towards the end of February up at Grand Lake for kind of the finale. So, uh, yeah, four events, three in Colorado, one in Utah. Uh, and all four of those events are going to have that $10,000 cash first-place prize for the heaviest single fish. So whether that's uh, a one-pound rainbow or a real big giant lake trout, uh, you'll never, you know, it, it all goes home with the money. Uh, you know, if you look at ice addiction stats, on average, it is around a three-pound or less fish that, generally speaking, takes the win. Uh, so, uh, so who knows? One of those, uh, one of those small rainbows or a walleye might be uh, worth a lot of money this coming winter. Well, well and then, then well, Nate, don't I recall one of your tournaments? I think maybe at Chatfield was even one with a sucker. Absolutely, we we did. We have we had a two point six pound sucker take home the Chatfield win a couple years ago. But and, and you know, Nate, with the way you run the tournament. Um, uh, an experienced, avid, you know, accomplished angler always has an edge because they're hopefully they're going to have techniques they'll catch more fish. But anybody who's willing to go out there and use anything and happens to catch one fish and it happens to be the right one could walk away with the prize. I mean, that's it, Terry. We developed a series to where it's literally built for everybody from a first-time ice angler, you know, which if you're a first-time ice angler, we'll even provide you tackle for the day. We loan out rods, reels, and jigs. So you can say, hey, I've never ice fished. I want to try it. You come up to our trailer. I'm happy to loan you a rod and some gear to get you started for the day. You just return at the end of the day. But we're all about getting that new angler out there. And then, obviously, like you said, an angler that has experience, obviously, uh, it never hurts to, to kind of have the, the tactic in mind of what's going to go for it. And, you know, like we always say, anytime that we have a tournament like this where it's just heavy a single fish, a lot of guys go for gold. They're looking for the biggest fish possible. We always tell people, just go out to catch fish. If you catch fish, you're going to do good in the series. Uh, I mean, obviously, going out for a, for a monster, when you, if you hook that fish, it pays off big. But more than likely, just catching fish, uh, just like any tournament, weighing fish is always more important than weighing big fish. Get your fish weighed and, and then go looking for a big fish. But if you weigh fish, that's the, the biggest key to success in this style event. And I will tell everybody out there that Nate will be tremendous at helping you catch fish unless you're in the boat with him fishing against him. <laughs> you never know, Terry. You gotta always keep those up on you, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> so what else is going on, Nate? That's an incredible announcement. What else are you seeing out there? You know, that's it. We're excited about ice addiction, so make sure you follow our website. We'll have a bunch of other information on our Facebook pages about that coming soon. Other than that, Terry, we are full blown hunting. 
Uh, you know, obviously we're approaching fall fishing. Uh, you know, we're having much cooler nights in the mountains, so the fishing in the mountains is just fantastic. Uh, I was very lucky enough to uh, to slide an arrow through a pronghorn uh, this last week, so you can actually just start watching all of the Bowtech uh, social outlets, Facebook, Instagram, their website. Uh, you can follow along on that hunt early next week, so you can see the the, the all the tricks and the, the techniques that I use to create a successful archery uh, over-the-counter archery tag here. Colorado for a successful pronghorn hunt. Um, but other than that, next, uh, next weekend is a very big one for us. It is the opener of our, our general you know, archery elk and deer hunts here in Colorado. Um, again, you have people from every state imaginable coming to Colorado to hunt this opportunity. Uh, you know, obviously all of our Colorado hunters are out there. It's a very late season for us this year. So we're very excited about that. Um, obviously our, our calendar dates for hunting, always fall on the calendar year. So you have that seven-day swing. Sometimes our hunts are very early, sometimes they're late. This is about as late as that archery hunt is going to be for us here in Colorado. Uh, so for all the hunters that, or all the hunters and all the years that we have a late rut, we always wish we had one more week of our archery season. Well, this is the year that we have that one more week. So the last week of, of the archery hunt here in Colorado for elk uh, should be absolutely as about amazing as it gets. And obviously starting a week later, even our opening day is going to be far more successful, I'd say, than we're normally used to on, on those early date seasons. So a lot of anticipation is going in uh, to those opening tags that start next weekend here in Colorado. Uh, again, whether you're a mule deer hunter or an elk hunter, um, again, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic year. We had supreme grass this year with all the moisture, uh, so a ton of antler growth, really healthy animals. Um, just the, the overall, you know, we'll call it the ecosystem of everything, uh, is looking very good going into the 2019 hunting season. Now, a couple minutes and we got to run, but you mentioned the season starting later, which is going to get you more into the rut. We had a really almost non-existent early summer. We had a wet, cold spring. Then it got you got pretty hot for a couple months, but I know the fishing has been a little off schedule. It's been different. That has been good, but different. Is there one thing that weather might have done? I mean, is there less, more water holes or the, the animals in a different place? Anything changed there? You know, the biggest thing I'd say, like, I, I, you know, hunting archery, uh, pronghorn, yes, there was more water holes than I've ever seen. Places where there should not be water, there was water holes. So the general game and the approach of a lot of people sitting on water holes for pronghorn could make it tough. If you had the right water hole, they were really hitting right, and you hunted it smart, you know, you didn't go in there with bad wind, you really hunted it with a, with a good education, those water holes were still productive. But just jumping on a random water hole for pronghorn was very tough. Same thing for elk. We always preach to people that hunting water early in the season before the rut takes place is a great way to be successful on those early tags for, for elk and deer. Um, same thing this year. We have got a lot of water. So you really need to do your scouting. Hopefully you have been. Uh, if not, you literally have a week left. Uh, but hunting water this year is going to take more scouting than we've ever done to really pinpoint which water hole they're hitting because we have so many multiple areas that they can get water this year compared to a normal dry, hot year. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing is doing a lot of scouting on that water hole just because the, the average water setting is going to be slightly less successful just due to the, the, the multiple options they have for water. The only other thing that we see right now, we're still holding a ton of green grass and growing grass. 
we always say that on a year where we have tons of green grass, we generally see the rut starting to take place a little later. We like to see those frost hits. We like to see that grass starting to wilt. I think that's kind of a, a nature sign that it's time for fall and it's time to start breeding. Uh, when the grass is growing strong, very green, uh, it very typically also seems like they, they hold off just a little bit. Uh, last thing I will say, though, is I watched – 40 different bull elk, 42 or 43, uh, bull elk lose velvet within a two-day window. From a Monday to a Wednesday, I watched bulls go from 100% velvet to 100% hardhorn uh, in two days. Uh, that was all around August 12th. Uh, so August 12th for me, I, I literally watched you know 40-plus bulls uh, go into a hardhorn situation. So with that being said, that was a fairly early rub-off for the area that I was in. Uh, so hopefully that is good signs for a very aggressive, uh, very early rut. So even though we have green grass, I, I like to see that velvet come off early. So we'll see what really happens. Uh, really the next four or five days is going to be a very you know tall tale sign of what's happening. So next week's show, I'll have a very updated uh, you know informational segment on where we are with the Colorado rut for elk uh, and where things are sitting with that. All right, we got to go, but where do they find information about the Ice Addiction Tournament? Absolutely, Ice Addiction. Go to our Facebook page right now. We'll be releasing a video about that, uh, and obviously the website here shortly, and then all the hunting stuff is at bowtecharchery.com. All right, my friend, we will talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Nate Zielinski, we're going to take a quick time out. When we get back, uh, Jeff Caldwell is going to join us, and we're going to talk goose hunting right here in Colorado on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Boy, you're lucky. I almost came on singing this, but I thought I better not. You nailed it, Kyle. I don't know why you're sucking up so bad with the bumper music, but you nailed it. Trying to get you to sing. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. A friend of both Brad, who Brad Peterson's in studio with me, a friend of both of ours, uh, known him for many years. In fact, I've shared a boat with him. He's a He's a halfway decent bass fisherman, too, Jeff Caldwell. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, how you doing, Terry? Doing all right. And you and Brad are going to talk more about this than me. Um, waterfall seasons are coming up quickly, and we have a we have a number of different opportunities here in Colorado. And I've done some waterfall hunting, but I'm not going to pretend it's my expertise. But you guys really get deep into this, and I know you really get into the the goose hunting, Brad does a little more of the the duck hunting, but uh, there's just a ton of it available in Colorado, isn't there? There is, there is. We're we're really fortunate here on the Front Range, actually. You know, a lot of people don't think about Colorado as a waterfowl hunting state, but we've actually got it. We've uh, everybody thinks about us as a big game state, but there is definitely waterfowl to be had here, without a doubt. Well, in beyond just there being waterfowl to be had. Jeff, I, I think you would agree that the goose hunting in Colorado, particularly that northern front range from Denver up to Wellington, out to kind of that Fort Morgan brush area, it's one of the elite uh, or premier goose hunting areas in the country. Oh, it is. No doubt, Brad. I mean, people think about, you know, when you think about waterfowling and they think about places like Stuttgart, Arkansas, you know, for duck hunting, they don't, a lot of people don't realize, but right here on the front range of Colorado is, I mean, this is kind of the go-to place for Canada goose hunting. We got some of the best Canada goose hunting in the, in the entire nation right here. I mean, 
Yeah, I know, Brad, you've hunted up there, too, in Canada, too. But honestly, the, the goose hunting in Colorado is as good as it is in Canada or anywhere, for that matter. Well, and one of the great things we get here in Colorado is we get an extremely extended season. You know, regular goose yeah. season runs November 4th to February 16th. But then we also have actually an early season that North Front Range and some of the mountain areas to take an opportunity on the real strong resident populations we have. Why don't you talk a little bit about that, Jeff? Yeah, you know, we we do. We open up the, this year here on the, you know, down on this part of the in, in the northern front range season, we open on October 5th and it runs through the 23rd. And it's, it's a great opportunity to get after some of those local geese that have kind of been, um, you know, actually plaguing, I guess you would say the front range. They've had some issues with them in Denver and all over the place, honestly, but uh, uh, it's a, it's a good opportunity to get after them. And, and we've got a lot of them. I mean, I don't even know for sure now, honestly, what they estimate our resident population at, but it's, I, I got to think it's over, you know, at one point a long time ago, they said it was over 50,000 birds and I don't know what it is now, but it's a lot of geese and it looks, and I know Brad, you've probably seen too as well. It looks like the local geese have had a fantastic catch this year. You know, I'll let Brad answer that in a minute. This is Terry, but you know, as people are, if they're avid waterfall hunters already, they're probably aware about that. And I want you guys before this is over to both talk about your guide services, but a new a new person to waterfall hunting wanting to get started, I think the very first thing, obviously, would be to hire a guide and learn the basics. But what do you need to get started goose hunting here on the Front Range? Well, basically, the first thing you're going to have to do, Terry, is you're going to have to go through a hunter safety course. Colorado requires that every hunter um, has that hunter safety course. So you're going to have to go through that. And then basically, from there, it's actually really simple. It's it's a matter of a small game license and a, and a state and a federal duck stamp. And of course, then, uh, you know, you're going to have to look into getting a shotgun if you don't have one and then, and then some steel shot to go with that. But, um, you know, like you said, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, you know, we, we guide. And so we actually would provide the other equipment needed, which would be the decoys and the places to go and everything else. So, um, you know, it's, it's actually really easy to get into waterfowl hunting if you haven't done it before. Yeah, and a guide's a good way to go out there the first time, figure out if it's something you want to, you're going to enjoy doing because the decoys are expensive to get into. Yeah. And goose hunting in Colorado, as opposed to the duck hunting, goose hunting a lot of it's taking place on private land. So one of the it biggest is, yeah. keys is to find access where the geese are utilizing the area. You know, not to mention getting some decoys and having a way to hide, but. I think in goose hunting, Jeff, wouldn't you agree that, that the access in the land is probably the key to someone if they want to start looking into to goose hunting? And if you're looking for land, right now's the time to get out there and start trying to talk to farmers. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, and it is. It's at a premium here in, on the Front Range of Colorado just because uh, we do have a lot of goose hunting pressure. But that uh, that's definitely something that, that they would need to look at. And you and I probably both agree that the – what Brad? What's the number one thing in waterfowl hunting? It's it's three words, but it starts with location. And what's the second and third? I, I think I can answer location, and this is a question Terry probably can even answer too. What's yeah, the third? location, location, location. You got it <laughs> every time. <laughs> hey guys, before yeah. we run out of time for the goose hunting here, how important? We're going to talk ducks later on, Brad and I are. But how important is it, Jeff, to become an? Uh, an accomplished caller to be successful. 
You know, it is. It's it is. Uh, it's definitely it is important. I mean, these birds they see a lot of decoy spreads coming down the flyways, and so there's there's a lot of things that goes into that with um, you know with making those decoy spreads look realistic and 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 not making them look like decoys. As crazy as that sounds, but making them look more like geese and and with that whole deception, you're looking for movement and the flagging and the calling and all that is extremely important. I mean, it's, it's very important um, to be, you know, to be successful day in, day out at that, no doubt. And I would say on that, actually with goose hunting, I think you can get away with your calling skills not being quite as good as it is. It's not as important as duck hunting, but with goose hunting, you need to know how to utilize a flag or create some sort of movement in that decoy spread. Duck hunting, you're able yeah, to get I, that movement a lot of times through the water, but get the movement, get the basics of the call. You can get by with a few dozen decoys. You know, people are selling old used shells. We both, all three of us know, uh, have a mutual friend, Tom Bruno. He guided numerous years up here over just shell decoys and did as good as people using full bodies. Yeah, and Jeff, oh, we're 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 about out of time. So if somebody wanted to yeah. book a trip, you know, this new goose, the uh, resident goose season's almost here. How would they get a hold of yeah. you, and what kind of trips do you offer? They can uh, they can feel free to call me. We're on the website. You can just look us up at uh, frontrangeguideservice.com. Um, we're on the website. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, you can contact us through any of those avenues and. Uh, uh, yeah, basically what we do is we do a 50% deposit just to assure your date, and they pay the remainder of the balance on the day of the hunt. But uh, uh, calling us is the best way to contact us and just call us, and we'll take a look at some dates, and we'd love to get them plugged in. If they if they want to get out and give goose hunting a try, they've never done it before, or even if they are seasoned waterfowlers that just don't have a place to hunt and moved here from another state or something, we can help them out there too as well. All right, and last question. Have you been out fishing at all? If I want to go catch a fish tomorrow, where should I go? Man, I'll tell you what, the last time I went fishing, Terry, was for the full moon open up at Horsetooth, and I'll be honest with you, it was tough fishing. (laughs) (laughs) It was August fishing. It was the dog days of fishing. So other than that, man, about the place I can go is over here to the pond. I can promise I can catch a bass over there, but otherwise it's We talked a lot about that. Don't those those ponds just offer great ways to pretend you're a great bass fisherman? Yeah, and for some reason or another, they seem to bite all the time, but they have a hard time getting away from you there. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> all right, Jeff, thank you so much. Give that website again. You bet. It's uh, just frontrangeguideservice.com, or you can call us at 970-219-3913, Front Range Guide Service. We'd love to have you guys. It was good talking to you guys today. Yeah, thanks. Great good to catch up to with you. Thanks. Jeff Caldwell has always been a great friend. Great. He'd be a great guy to go out with. Uh, Jeff is a phenomenal. You know, I've known Jeff for a long time. We've hunted his friends. I've actually gone out and done some photography on some of his uh, hunts, and, and my dad actually has booked a couple trips with Jeff. Great guy, top-notch service, and he's going to help you out every way he can and do everything he can to give you a good experience. Well, I tell you, waterfall, we're going to talk ducks after we talk some shotgunning in the next segment, you and I, but waterfall hunting is a great, great recreational activity in Colorado, and we're we're seeing more and more resources all the time, and it's just a great way to get out and enjoy the outdoors. We're that gonna, it is. We're going to talk some shotgunning of all types, and then we're going to talk duck hunting. All that coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Coming in out of the rain to hear the jazz go down. 
Nation. You're batting a thousand percent so far. Different kind of vibe today. How about the horns? They blowing that sound. How about the Sultans of Swing? We could listen to this, but I suppose I should talk to JR. He's waiting. Okay. <laughs> You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, which is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And now let's go to their best sporting clay and shooting range, Colorado Clays and JR. Good morning, JR. Good morning, Terry. I'll tell you what, we've been talking fishing and waterfall hunting so far, but there's uh there's a couple things coming up. I want to talk about the things you do at your rifle range with big game coming up. But before we even get to that, there's this stupid hunting season that was created to sell ammunition. It has nothing to do with harvest. That was uh, that you guys there seem to treat like Christmas. That's almost here, and that's dove season. That's true, Terry. And, you know, I do actually have something to say on that. I think first... Um, you know, I'm going to let everybody know that, of course, here at Colorado Clays, we're Colorado's premier public shooting facility, and we do feature the finest in those rifle, pistol, trap skeet, and sporting clay shooting opportunities. Uh, and those are open to everyone. We're open year-round, handicapped accessible. Um, we employ the best staff in the industry, and we've been serving Colorado's front-range shooting enthusiasts for over 22 years. So... Uh, understand whether you are an individual, maybe friends and family, bachelor party, bachelorette party, want to do some team building, corporate or fundraiser, uh, Colorado Clays is, of course, the number one destination for all of those. But, you know, Terry, Doug and I were out fishing a couple weeks ago, and it ended up that our success for the day kind of hinged on us being able to make some, you know, very accurate casts into some tough cover. And I think the moral of that is if you are someone that hasn't been shooting at Colorado Plays during the off season, and maybe the gun's dusty and your shooting skills are a little rusty, uh, this is where even a single trip to Colorado Plays can make all the difference in not just being ready and feeling confident, but you know making sure that on that first day of the year, whether it's small game, big game, or birds, um, you're ready to go. Well, you know, it does make a difference. All kidding aside, uh, shooting is a perishable sport. I say that all a uh, uh, skill. I say that all the time. And you need to be ready and you need to be confident. And whether it's bird hunting or um, the waterfall hunting we've talked about, but let's talk big game for a minute. You owe that animal that you have the skill, that you understand your capabilities so that you're not taking a shot that's outside of your capabilities and that you're confident in making that shot so that you make an ethical, clean harvest of that animal. And you're right, Terry. And we've talked about uh, what a big part of uh, any hunting, the the ethics, and uh, we owe that resource um, a tremendous amount of uh, preparation to make sure we do good uh, harvest, uh, clean kills and such. But I'll tell you what, we do have a... uh, state-of-the-art NRA-approved rifle and pistol facility. Um, Specifically on the rifle side, uh, we have that uh, camera on the target, the monitor in the bay, and a real-time sight-in opportunity for anybody that wants to dial their stuff in. And I think something else that's coming up here, Terry, and you can check our website, is a lot of people should take advantage of our sight-in clinics. We have a couple of our experts 
that we'll be doing uh, clinics on the weekends uh, before everything gets going here. And you can get that one-on-one help with everything, all aspects of shooting your gun, learning things about a gun you thought you knew everything about, and uh, work with some of the best people in the business on getting dialed in. No, and it makes a big difference. Uh, the other thing we should mention, you know, muzzle loader season's right around the corner, and there's not a lot of places where you can shoot a muzzle loader for practice, but you can at Colorado Clays. Absolutely, Terry, and that's the beauty of our semi-indoor facility. So um, we have a covered shooting area, uh, very nice stalls and what have you, but rather than a flat roof, we have that baffled open air natural light and airflow, so muzzle loaders are welcome. We also have intermediate targets at 50 yards, so just getting that gun on some paper and then stretching it out, uh, you can learn everything about your gun and do it in kind of a timely manner and uh, really enjoy prepping for your big game season. Well, another thing that I really preach to on the rifle or muzzle loader is shooting from different positions because unless you're just in a stand, and even if you are, when you turn or the one's off to the side, people don't understand how when you torque your body or lay down or stand up or don't shoot on sticks, what a different trajectory your, your firearm has. Absolutely, and that's one of the beauties of coming to Colorado Clays, Terry, is that you actually can um, find out what those weaknesses are and uh, correct them before you get into the field. And, I mean, this carries over from the big game and into the birds. Uh, I know we have those doves coming up, and I know you love shooting at doves, Terry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I mean, really think about it. A round of sporting clays um, has such a variety of target presentations that simulate shots you may encounter in the field, and that's by design. And, of course, we've talked about this. The clay target is about the size of a dove, so it's uh, practice on them can even help with judging distance and lead on a dove. And probably the best part is that you can find the shot that gives you the most trouble and work specifically on that. So um, just one trip to Colorado Clays can tell you more about where you're at um, in your shooting than wasting half the season before you realize it. You're absolutely right. Brad, I got a question for you. I know you do a lot of shotgunning and a lot of it's waterfalling. And your knowledge of sporting clays, is there a particular setup, whether it's skeet, trap sporting clays that is more applicable to the waterfall hunter you know it all depends on how they set up the sporting clay range but usually the springing teal or the one that's going away which would you know be a jump shooting type opportunity and then the other one that always is challenging to me is those further distance crossing shots you know maybe the birds have come in and looked at your decoys but they haven't committed and so that's the one that i like to spend a little bit extra time on I don't do much rabbit hunting. I shoot those real well, but I usually <laughs> skip those uh, to spend a little bit more time shooting those a uh, little bit more challenging or the overhead shots. That's that's one that the dove hunters really need to get a, a feel for. And the big key I see the biggest mistake people make is they forget to follow through when they haven't been shooting. They stop their gun, and that's, that's what's causing a lot of the problems. All right, before we let you go, JR, if I come out and I have – a particular type of shot I want to work on, do I have to go through a whole sporting clay or can I shoot one or two stations or can I just spend my time on skeet and trap? Well, Terry, my best recommendation is when you get out here, uh, look me up. Talk to one of my range officers. Uh, tell us what you're after. 
Uh, we'll give you some options, and you can certainly go down and work on anything you want as much as you want. Uh, that's what we do, and we do it better than anyone. All right. JR, tell them how they find you. Certainly, anytime. Give us a call, 303-659-7117, or go to the website, coloradoclays.com. And, Terry, if you really want to know how we do things, take the virtual tour um, and then come on out and see us. Well, I just know that in a couple weeks I'm going to be around and my phone better ring to go fishing. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Take it off vibrate. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Terry. Have a great day. You bet. JR from Colorado Clays. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, Brad and I are going to finish the show up by talking Duck hunting right here in Colorado on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You know, you're doing okay. Oh, it was nothing. We might not even do this segment. I might just listen to Eagles music. We'll start with this and finish with Hotel California. That okay, Brad? As long as he's singing, I just want to be here for that. Me too. <laughs> hey, you guys, ask Karen sometime. I have a pretty rich history of singing and performing. She's You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, presented by Sun Power Sports. Brad, as we're wrapping up today's segment, we talked a lot of fishing, of course, and there's it's that time of the year where there's so much going on. We're going to get into waterfall season quicker than we thought. A lot of people are going to looking. They're going to look at the duck seasons and the splits and the normal goose season. You already talked about the um, northern Colorado goose hunt, which starts very soon, right? And it's got tremendous goose hunting opportunities. But we have great teal in Colorado too. Oh yeah, Colorado is we're we are so blessed to be in this state because we have one of the longest waterfowl seasons as far as the number of months you're able to to hunt waterfowl. We're starting up teal season starts September 14th. And then our goose season runs until February 16th on just a regular season. So you've got numerous months to be able to chase them. But the teal, if you're wanting an opportunity to get out there and, you know, knock some of the rust off uh, your shooting skills, dust off the gun, you know, be out there, have some fun. Teal is a great opportunity, and this year I think our teal hunting is going to be really good because we have a lot of water, as we've been talking about through the fishing and the other hunting stuff. A lot of the small ponds are full this year, and that's what teal love. So I would say if you're thinking about teal hunting, maybe when you head out dove hunting next weekend, take a little time and a little extra time, drive around and do a little bit of scouting. The teal are starting to show up. It's a great opportunity to get out there. And the one thing I want to remind everyone before your small game hunting starts, get your hip number. With your small game license, you need to make sure you've done your hip number. It's real easy to do online or you can call in. But make sure that you do have that hip number before you get out there. You don't want to overlook something so simple that could end up getting you a a nice uh, piece of paper from a game warden. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's quite a bit of youth opportunity for waterfall hunting here, too. There is. Um, Not only does CPW provide a few of the locations where they have special um, reservations that are for youth mentor only, but also with waterfowl hunting, they've really been, the feds have been pushing this, and we have youth waterfowl dates 
that are typically the weekend before the regular season opens on uh, the the Central Flyway or Eastern Plains has a northeast zone, a southeast zone, and then a mountain foothill zone. And the weekend before all of those, there's an opportunity to get youth out there hunting birds that haven't been hunted all season long. So get them out there, get them introduced. The weather's nice. There's a good number of birds. You can practice your calling, and there's not as much pressure. It's a great opportunity to get kids introduced to the outdoors. Now, another thing in Colorado, much like, uh, much different than the goose hunting, is the fact that there is actually quite a bit of public access for ducks, both hunting from a blind and jump shooting, isn't there? Yeah. The northeast region of Colorado, well, let's first talk North Park to San Luis Valley. Those are both in the central flyway. Those mountain areas and the mountain foothill zones, tremendous amount of public opportunity on lake and streams and ponds in those areas. And then the northeast zone, there's over, I would say over 50 miles of the South Platte River that is open from Colorado Parks and Wildlife, uh, whether it's Tamarack or uh, Red Lion, that's a pond area, uh, Bob Elliott, Cottonwood, Centennial Valley. All these areas are open. Some of them are reservation. The best thing to do is to get a brochure, take a look. But these reservation areas are managed for quality hunting. You can make a reservation up to two weeks ahead. It's, it's great to put a little time in and maybe get uh, out there on one or two of those reservation places during the year. But just the overall opportunity for public hunting between the reservoirs. Pruitt has hunting. Jumbo has hunting. Jackson has hunting on the lake and right next to it. So there is lots of places. As with anything else, our outdoor activities in Colorado, the closer you are to the front range in the metro area, the more crowded it's going to be. So more than likely, the earlier you're going to have to get up in the morning to get the spot you want. But as soon as you kind of hit that brush line and head further east, the crowds really start to decrease. So I would say, you know, if you're willing to get up a little early and put the drive in, you're going to have a lot less crowds and a lot more opportunities heading that further east area. But the the state has done a great job in providing public opportunities for duck hunting. And you've got lakes, ponds, and rivers. My tip that I tell people is start with the ponds first part of the season, uh, early October through about Halloween. About that last week of October, then move toward the bigger reservoirs. That's when the birds are going to be in there till about typically November 15th. And then after that, it's when the rivers and the warm water sloughs are going to excel. Now, and I do want to mention that I, I wrote a column for the Denver Post. I used it to plug this week that talks about North Park. There's some tremendous early season duck for resident ducks in North Park and the San Luis Valley. You may want to read that. It's on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. I just posted it this week. It's a column I wrote last year, so the dates of the season are wrong, but the concepts are the same. And then, Brad, I want we're going to need to get you back on and talk more about tips on duck hunting. But in the meantime, if somebody's looking to book a duck hunting trip, how do they get a hold of you? The best way is you can get get a hold of me on Facebook at Brad Peterson Outdoors, Instagram on Brad P. Outdoors, or give me a call or shoot me a text at 303-829-3998. Happy to 
you know, give you tips, advices, uh, advice on locations of where to go, book a trip, get you out there, kind of show you the difference. Because Colorado, our our duck hunting is a little bit different than a lot of the other places just because of our habitat conditions. When people think rivers, a lot of times they're thinking the Mississippi River and the South Platte River, to them, uh, it, it doesn't quite match up to what the Mississippi is. So it's a little different, but once you understand how it works, you can be real successful waterfowl hunting in Colorado. All right. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up. Uh, next week, I'm going to be fishing on the Gulf Coast in uh, North Padre Island. So I believe Will uh, from Tightline Outdoors is going to fill in, and then I'll be back. I'll actually be back for three or four weeks in a row after that. Well, we got to get out and wet a line. Yes, we do. And But the show's going to be on every now. We're supposed to be not next weekend, but the weekend after. I think we go to our 9 o'clock hours, so watch for that. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and ESPN Sports on 104.3 The Fan.